You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, I'm going solo. I wanted to talk to you about something that's very important that you don't hear me talk about very often, and that is the topic of detoxification. The reason you don't hear me talk about this very often is because I think it is such an utter scam, the amount of products and gizmos and nonsense around the concept of detoxing. People think they can take a shake or do a juice cleanse or you know, suck down a bunch of olive oil to clear out their gallbladder. And there's just so much misinformation. Not to say that there isn't legitimate truth in some of those things that might be helpful, but the concept of detoxification is not as straightforward as we'd like it to, to believe it is. For instance, there's certain substances we cannot readily detoxify out of our systems. Once they're in, they can be pretty persistent because many of these toxins actually do a couple things that are unsavory. One is they often mimic estrogens. We call them xenoestrogens and they can latch on to your estrogen receptors and they're very difficult to get off. And so we're seeing this uptick in estrogen dominance syndromes and that's very likely due to the massive toxic soup of a wasteland that we live on. I mean, this planet is super toxic. The levels of toxicity since I've been a child have skyrocketed, right? Because we've got the advent of glyphosate. I did a whole podcast about glyphosate with Dr. Stephanie Senoff. You can check that episode. We'll put it in the show notes. There's all kinds of persistent pesticides and herbicides and sprays and all kinds of things that have been introduced into the, you know, environment. There's plasticizers in your everything plastic, right? Plastic is pretty evil and it doesn't break down very readily. And so we've got these plasticizers known as BPA would be an example. You've heard of BPA, BPA free. Well, BPA was actually created as an estrogen drug and it was added to plastics because it was shown to make plastics more pliable. So the softer, a good rule of thumb, uh, the softer the plastic, the more you can bend it, the more pliable it is, probably the higher in BPA it is. That's a good rule of thumb if you don't want to memorize all the fancy numbers and make yourself crazy. So we've got toxins all around us. There's toxins in our hair dye. There's toxins and phthalates and pegs and BPA and all of these things in our skincare, in our makeup, in our drinking water, in our vegetables, in our produce. The list goes on and on. It can be very daunting is my point. When I was in naturopathic medical school, we had a class called environmental medicine and it was a two hour class. It started at 7.30 in the morning. The first hour, they would go through all the things that were toxic and the second hour, they would tell you how to detoxify from them. Well, unfortunately, there are not a lot of options for detoxification. There really aren't. A lot of these things do not readily come out of our bodies. There are certain chemicals that don't just readily come out when you drink you know, some kind of detox shake. These things are bound in our fats. Heavy metals, for instance, live in your fats. Certain toxins really like to hide out in your fats. A good example is, I'm going to use my mom. My mom's a hairstylist. My mom started gaining weight in her 40s and it was due to different issues, but it was really, you know, out of, kind of out of nowhere is what I remember. And the way that I've traced this back over the years is 
it was very much due to the fact that she'd been doing hair. She's been a hairstylist since I was five years old. And these folks use super toxic hair dyes and chemicals. I honestly believe that if you are a smart hairstylist, you'll either use non-toxic versions, which don't always work so well, right? It's very hard to get hair dye that will hold on to the hair follicle that's non-toxic and stay. And you should probably have a hood over your workstation, like an industrial chemical chemistry lab hood to get these things pulled up and away. But instead they're breathing them in all day. The Brazilian blowouts, so toxic, so, so toxic. I am so concerned that we're gonna see a huge, massive amount of cancer in the stylists who did the Brazilian blowouts for so many years. Like such an absolutely toxic wasteland that is. Not to mention all the hair products we put on. It's on, it touches their skin. So they're rubbing it between their hands all day long, applying it to people's hair. I mean, it's a super, super, super toxic career path. And I think makeup is very toxic. Makeup in and of itself. We, we think about how often people apply that and what it's doing to you. So anyway, you get my point. The bottom line is if these things are hiding out in your fat, it's going to be very difficult to lose fat if you're toxic because your body says, hey, our liver isn't really in great condition. And considering like probably 100% of people at this point about in the US are metabolically unsound as far as adults go, and God knows what the rates are for children. Most people are metabolically unsound. That's as a doozy to your liver. It really puts a backlog on your liver. So if your liver's not working great, especially if you've got estrogen dominance due to xenoestrogen toxicity levels and you're, you know, perimenopausal, menopausal. So you're starting to get these huge fluxes in hormones and drops in hormones. And then you add to it excess weight that your body isn't wanting to lose because truth be told, the liver isn't in any kind of shape to handle it. The liver's like, yo, we don't have the capacity. We are at we are at capacity. We do not have the capacity to be dealing with this nonsense. We've got fatty infiltrate from metabolic syndrome. We've got, you know, hormonal loads, excess, you know, toxicity throughout the years. We're not in any shape to do this. So your body's gonna hold on to that fat. All right. So this brings me back to the concept of the toxic bucket, something I wanted to hit on. Your toxic bucket is an individual toxicity state that is different for each person. And so while you may be able to handle toxins, your friend may not even be able to walk through the perfume counter at the local you know, mall because it's so upsetting to her neuroendocrine system. Like she can't, it's, it, you know, it sets her off the charts. We wanna make fun of these people, right? But I am one of these people. I can't walk through the perfume counter without holding my nose. I won't walk down the aisle at the grocery store where all of the detergents are. I won't walk through a candle section. I won't do it. I'll just like, if I'm at Bed Bath & Beyond, I'll just plug my nose and hold my breath. I'm not huffing that stuff in. My toxic burden of my toxic bucket is full. And it's for various reasons. Toxic burdens I've endured over the years. An example, in the early 1980s, I lived in Northern California. They sprayed malathione over all of our homes for weeks on end to try to kill a fruit fly epidemic we were having. And so all of the animals were dying if their bowls of water were left out. All the bugs died. It was really 
it was really scary. I remember being, I think in second grade, just thinking like, this is terrifying. The helicopters would come over at night. My mom would shove towels up against all the windows and door jams and we'd bring in all the water and food so none of the cats and dogs died. It was really, really not great. So there's a huge introduction to a toxic burden at a young age. I was pumped full of antibiotics, pretty much out the chute. So you see my point. And who knows what someone's toxic bucket is holding? And often they start to leak out. They leak over the top. So we're not, it's not fair to judge somebody who is chemical sensitive, um, who has a low threshold for mold exposure, all of these things, because that damage was done in the past. That that's their toxic bucket spilling out and showing itself as symptoms. Some people have really awesome detox pathways and their toxic burden is very low or they're just superhuman. My husband, he's superhuman. He spent 20 years in a steel mill around some incredibly toxic chemicals and metals. I'm sure he's full of heavy metals. I don't even want to know. And then he's uh, he's lived on a farm his whole life, spraying glyphosate, you know, there's just a certain amount of weeds that have to be managed on farms. And so it's not all organic and it's not all as, you know, as clean as we'd like it to be. Although he's coming around to my way of thinking and he's understanding, but we're talking 50 years of pesticide and herbicide exposure. So you see my point, but he's also tremendously durable and just vibrant and vital. And he does not seem to have the same uh lack of ability to handle toxic burden that I do. I have a burdened liver. I'm right at that age where everything makes me swell up and puffy. It's very clear to me that my toxic bucket doesn't want any more hair dye. It doesn't want any more makeup on me. It doesn't want anything happening that it can't clear. And so I'm very careful. And something I do is I keep my body fat low so that it can't glom up in those tissues. But if you're struggling with weight loss, a very good uh, thing to look at is your toxic burden. How do you do that? I just would assume it. And so this is another reason why I'm such a huge fan of saunas. And I'll provide my sauna links in the show notes because sauna is just a beautiful way to lower your toxic burden. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. The whole reason I'm doing this podcast is because we've had some train derailments happen recently and poor Ohio Boy, oh boy, I won't get into my thoughts around that, but I have studied watersheds in the past. That was part of my undergrad, was a decent understanding of water systems and watersheds. And this is bad, you guys. This is really, really bad. And not so much upstream, but downstream from East Palestine, Ohio. Um, I'm very concerned with the water table. I'm very concerned with pollution in the rivers. I'm very concerned with the floodlands and the and the plains and the land that those rivers feed and what that means for the cattle and agriculture grown there, you know, or the animals that we're using as food. Um, it's bad. It's it's and then we have the whole air quality issue, right? So we've got people in Ontario this week describing really weird snow that's gray and plasticky and chemical smells and seeing in their own water that there's these plumes of sort of that rainbow color showing chemicals. And this isn't because the water itself flowed north. It's because the rain took up the toxic chemicals that were, you know, distributed into the air by when they decided to light those train tankers on fire. And that has sent 
Uh, gosh, I don't know. Uh, it's unimaginable. I paid a bit of attention to Chernobyl when it was happening, but of course I was very young and I've since revisited it. I think HBO did a nice job on their document. It was not a documentary. I'm sorry. They did like a series that was as true as they could make it, right? Because that information won't be released ever, I'm sure. But the bottom line is through the research I've done, pretty high suspicion that that nuclear fallout radiation was distributed worldwide. We all started seeing an uptick in chronic illnesses right after that. So we could blame the food supply. We could blame this. We could blame that. But I've often wondered, like, did that have a worldwide impact? And will this East Palestine situation have a global impact as well? Hard to say. We'll never really know. But the biologist in me says this is bad. So what I wanted to do today was quickly go through just a couple key concepts when it comes to detoxification from a natural state, just logic, right? Like I'm not trying to promise you any shakes or teas or oils or any, no snake oil here. I'm just giving you really logical ways to detoxify your living space and your body. And it it will tie back into all the things I talk about all the time. And so you'll get it. But I wanted to share this in the hopes that it might help some people. So number one, your monk trees. What are your monk trees? Your monk trees are where you detoxify from. So usually we think of the bowels, the kidneys, the lungs, and the skin. These are huge detoxification organs and they need to be kept up so that they can do their job. If you're not pooping every day, particularly even several times a day would be ideal. You're probably dealing with some toxic bowel issues. And if you're not pooping, what happens is those estrogens don't make their way out in the form of poop. They get reabsorbed in the large intestine and oftentimes in the form that's even more toxic than what was headed out of you. Because when molecules and hormones get reabsorbed, they sometimes are in more of an intermediate form they're not in their final state or their pre-state and they can be more toxic in those conditions. So we want you pooping. If you're not pooping, there's a reason you're gonna wanna work with somebody. I, I don't have all the answers for you. It could be that you're hypothyroid. It could be that you have leaky gut. It's probably a combination of both of those if you're over the age of 40 to some degree. It could be because you're inactive. You're not active enough. You're not inducing peristalsis. It could be because you have a crappy diet or a diet that doesn't agree with you. So we want regular bowel movements at least once a day. Number two, the kidneys. Um, that's harder to judge on your own. Usually we have to get a regular comprehensive metabolic panel, which is standard when you get your blood ran and that'll show your kidney function. I will say though, over time, something to think about. When you are metabolically unsound, which I said in the beginning of this is almost 100% of US adults. If you're metabolically unsound, your capillary beds are being challenged. This usually presents itself. This is where you hear about blindness. When diabetics go blind, it's because the capillary bed to the retina has been destroyed. Well, if something is happening there, you can bet it's happening in the fine-tuned capillary beds of your kidneys called your glomeruli. These are really cool, cool, cool capillary beds. And this is how your urine is filtered. And man, we do not want those messed up, but they get messed up often. And what I've seen clinically is as folks age, we'll start to see kidney cysts, 
will start to see cysts on the kidneys. When you see cysts on the kidneys, I want you to think more often than not metabolic dysfunction versus running after zebras. Because what doctors will tell you is they'll wait for these things to become pronounced and then they will tell you, oh, it's this and that and the other. But I'm telling you the root cause of how the kidneys started getting backed up in the first place and forming cysts was likely metabolic dysfunction. So yet another reason to get your shit together and get your metabolic health in order. I have a metabolic health um, toolkit. It's called the Metabolic Revamp Toolkit. It's very inexpensive and it's got tons of cheat sheets. It's got a 20-page ebook. It's got a recipe guide. It's all the things you need to know to get started on good metabolic health. The next among three we're concerned about is the lungs. And obviously in the case of this train derailment and burn off of vinyl chloride, we're concerned about our lungs. We take in a lot of crap through our lungs every day, you guys. So One of the better things we can do is one, have good lung function. As we become deconditioned, as we lose muscle mass, we actually also lose lung capacity. This is something most people don't talk about. If you couple that atrophy of the muscles around the lungs and the loss of lung function as we age and become more deconditioned and more uh, sarcopenic, which is a term for muscle wasting, it's when frailty ensues. Those who are frail have less healthy lung function because they have frailty and atrophy of the muscles around their lungs. The little tiny muscles that the smooth muscle that surrounds even the bronchioles, et cetera. We are losing lung capacity as a species because we've embraced this idea that you don't have to be strong and it's okay to get frail. Why do you think old folks have such a hard time with COVID? No one's talking about this. Yes, they're frail. Yes, they've got old age working against them when it comes to high risk factors. Yes, the virus is terrible or it was terrible. But something no one's talking about is this lack of lung function that's happening. Even diaphragmatic function, that's a muscle right? We need our diaphragm working if we want our lungs to work. It kind of works like a vacuum to pull air in and push air out. Let's add to that obesity. So we've got frail lungs that aren't working well with poor lung capacity. And then let's add a bunch of weight and fat on top of it. Heavy fat around the viscera, heavy fat around the heart. The poor lungs are pushing back against pressure, against actual fat mass, it's very challenging. So something to think about, yet another reason why I'm a huge proponent of upping your protein and lifting weights and making sure your metabolic health is in order. And then the last among three is our skin. How can we improve our skin? Well, you can do dry skin brushing, which I love. And there's a copper brush that I use. I'll link in the show notes. It's great. And I love to dry skin brush before I get in the shower, before I get in the bathtub. And then I like to end my showers with cold to, to keep circulation up. So just something simple to keep your skin healthy. And then of course, the obvious duh is avoid, avoid, avoid putting garbage on your skin that's full of chemicals. Your body lotion, your skin care, your hair care, your makeup, all of those things are adding to that toxic burden and filling up your toxic bucket. So avoid them at all costs. What are some... You know, what are some alternatives? Find a clean skincare line that works. Find some kind of body lotion that's not toxic. Consider making your own. It's not very hard, actually. If you whip up some tallow, literally just whip up some tallow and put some essential oils in it, you've got a really nice body butter that is going to not toxify your yourself even further. So bowels, kidneys, lungs, and skin, those are our monk trees. We want those working well. All right. So that's step one. Step two is to 
consider how you're going to filter your water and your air. I think this is just kind of a no-brainer. This is something that we do at all times, regardless whether we're having train derailments and vinyl chloride burnoffs. <laughs> we, in my house, in my family's house, and my parents, my daughter, everybody has an AquaTrue water filter and everybody has uh, an Air Doctor air purifier. The AquaTrue works in that to clear out vinyl chloride in that the CDC has come out and said, if we have a carbon block filter and then reverse osmosis, you're probably going to get all that stuff out of your water. So, or 99% of it. So that is the setup with the Aqua True. It's it's these carbon block filters and it's a multi-step, the countertop unit is and the under the sink unit. And then it's going to go through a reverse osmosis process. Something to consider is that you want to resupply yourself with minerals if you're reverse osmosing your water. So make sure you're using some kind of mineral replacement. I like CT minerals. You can find those in my store. Um, It's a liquid. The liquid's been discontinued. I'm one of the only people I know of that actually has any left. And I like to keep a bottle of CT minerals next to my AquaTrue water filter. And then I pour myself a glass of water and I add a dropper full of CT minerals just to replenish my mineral status. But minerals are really important for detoxification and they're really important for a lot of metabolic processes. So don't negate them. Don't skimp on them and think they're not important. I've done that in the past. I used to think they were not as critical as they are, but having good mineral replacement in your life can be just such a game changer for your energy, make you feel better and obviously help all your metabolic processes. And then we want to obviously filter our air This is important no matter what. Pollution has been shown to increase risk of diabetes, hands down, increase risk of obesity. When you're more toxic, like I've explained, you tend to be more prone to obesity because your fat cells are what's hoarding the toxins and your fat cells don't want to let go because again, the liver can't handle it. So you, you may be more prone to having endocrine dysfunction, which will manifest itself as well as uh, contributing to diabetes, metabolic syndrome, et cetera, obesity. So if you want to lose weight, you got to detoxify. There's your take home on that. So we've got air and water. We, we're doing our dry skin brushing. We're keeping our among trees working. We're drinking clean water. That's also helping our among trees. We're staying hydrated. You can add some electrolytes if you want, if you really want to help absorb that water better and absorb that hydration and have it work better for you. All awesome ideas. Then we have sauna. Sauna is awesome. I don't know how I lived without a sauna. I don't know how people live without sauna. There are saunas at every price point. I will link them in the show notes. I love, love, love all my saunas. And I think there's a sauna for every space and every price point. And it's really worth prioritizing because you just can't do the same thing with hot baths. You can't do the same thing with hot showers. You can't do the same thing with exercise. Yes, exercise, hot baths, and hot showers might make you sweat, and that's awesome. But to really induce those heat shock proteins to get your immune system working optimally, but more importantly, to get the toxins out, you you really should look into a sauna and consider investing in one. It's absolutely critical. I also did a podcast episode last week about how I crawled out of chronic illness and sauna and strength training were like the two biggest components of that. So sauna has so much utility in one's health and one's life. The whole family can use it. I bring my dog in the sauna. I absolutely love my sauna and I think you will too. So we sweat it out. How do we do that? I have a whole episode on how I sauna, why I think protocols are nonsense. And you guys can go back and listen to that one as well. Basically hit the sauna a few times a week. Keep yourself sweating. Doesn't matter the season. 
doesn't matter exposure, just hit the sauna and keep yourself sweating. There's something about training your body to detox, meaning you train your body to sweat. Some of you have messaged me and said, Dr. Tina, I can't sweat. What's going on? And there's a couple of reasons why you might not be sweating well. But what's important is you will eventually sweat. If you keep saunaing, you will eventually start to sweat. And some of you are going to sweat more readily than others. And a sign of, I think, compromised health is the inability to sweat. I do think that's something to be concerned over. We want we want our sweating working. We want our skin working. We want that among tree open and flowing. And so training our body to really get into that state readily and to just start the sweating process is so key. So you're going to want to use the sauna regularly. It's not a once in a while thing. It's like three to four times a week if you can do it for however long at whatever temperature your body's going to handle. That's up to you. Of course, talk to your doctor if you have some health concerns or if it's too challenging for you start slow and low. I have a whole podcast about it, but make sure you're getting that sauna in regularly because that's going to be a big, big one for you. And then another practical thing that is very much underappreciated is adequate protein. The reason is your kidney goes through two phases of detoxification, two main phases, phase one and phase two. Phase one requires certain nutrients and certain cofactors. And these tend to be readily available in most people's bodies and they tend to go through phase one somewhat easily. Here's the problem. Phase two doesn't always work so well with people. Phase two requires sulfur containing amino acids. It requires different nutrients, different molecules to work. And those don't tend to be as abundant in people. What happens when a toxic molecule goes through phase one is it often becomes what's called an intermediate, which I mentioned earlier. Intermediates are often more toxic than their original form. So now we've got a bunch of people readily going through phase one, but glommed up with intermediates, not enough cofactors to go through phase two. And so they've got all these toxic intermediates floating through their body. This is a disaster. And then they're not pooping them out. They're not sweating them out because they're not moving because they're sitting on their ass all day, gaining weight, becoming more metabolically unhealthy, feeling worse and worse and worse, which makes it harder and harder to move and harder and harder to get yourself going in the right direction. And it's a complete disaster. Meanwhile, they're pumping ultra-processed carbohydrates all day, wondering why they feel like complete shit and you see the problem, right? This is so challenging. Being metabolically unhealthy shrinks your brain. It causes all kinds of brain issues that you're unaware of, your ability to process emotions, your ability to have willpower, your ability to make executive decisions. It tanks out your libido, so you don't wanna have sex. It makes you not feel in the mood, which pulls you away from intimate relationships with your loved ones or you know your partner if you have a partner or if you don't have a partner, it doesn't really make you want to go out and seek a partner because you're not really going out trying to find sex anymore. Like you're not interested and everyone thinks, oh, it's my hormones. No, it's not. It's your metabolic health. It's your lack of muscle mass. It's your lack of activity. These folks sleep is usually screwed up. So they're not sleeping. I mean, it's a complete freaking disaster and we just keep slapping labels on it and giving medications for it. And people are selling supplements for it too. And it's all bullshit. People's metabolic health is crap because people are eating garbage and they're not doing anything with their bodies. That is the bulk of US adults. So while you may not be in that boat, while you may be trying to do everything right and still struggling, or maybe you're doing everything right and you're winning and it's working, great. But most US adults are really in this vicious cycle and they really have no plan to do anything about it. 
These are the same folks that went out and got vaccinated so they could get French fries and freaking beer, free beer and soda, right? We saw a ridiculous amount of people fall for that garbage. And I was like, well, (laughs) there you go. There's America. So we need phase two working. We can improve our liver health with everything I just mentioned prior, but we can really improve it most of all with good metabolic health and supplying it with the appropriate amino acids. We need amino acids that are sulfur containing, like I said, like taurine, cysteine, glycine, glutamine, choline, inositol. Well, the last two are not necessarily those essentially amino acids, but you get my drift. So we get that from our foods. So we need to be eating a healthy diet full of amino acids that are going to help with the detoxification process, guess what? Everything I just listed off for the most part besides inositol is abundant in beef. You now see the utility of beef. You're not gonna find choline anywhere except for egg yolks and beef, really, not in good good amounts that are highly absorbable. The taurine, the cysteine, the glycine, the glutamine, you're gonna find that all in beef as well. So beef is your friend. It's easy to digest. It's highly absorbable nutrients. I very much encourage you to download my metabolic revamp toolkit. Go grab it. It's not very expensive at all. It's a few bucks. Get in there and understand my argument for beef because it's a beautiful food. It's regenerative. I have a great supply supplier where I get my beef from called uh, Regenerative Pastures. I'll give you guys that link as well. Absolutely love them. Grass-fed, grass-finished, 100% regenerative agriculture the way they're raised. And if you were to take this monocrop that I'm staring at right now out my back door, it's a thousand acres of glyphosate heavy, Monsanto friendly, fricking monocropping. And not only is the process of monocropping horrific, you guys should see it. When the combines come through, when the swathers come through, the fallout of animals that get butchered is insane, you guys. I watch it. I watch dozens of turkey vultures come in and circle the field for days. Why do you think they're there? Because there's mangled snakes and voles and field mice everywhere. My dog Sansa goes out there and just has an absolute field day because there's just mangled rodents and snakes everywhere to be eaten. There's hawks flying around picking up half mangled snakes. It's crazy. So, That's the disaster that is monocropping. Now, if they were to take cattle and put cattle out there, it would be a whole new world. This thousand acres that I stare at would be a whole different world. And we could save the planet, honestly, I believe, through regenerative uh, regenerative pasturing with with cattle, with beef. But we all know that everybody's hell-bent on trying to save the planet with the crazy, crazy ideas of solar panels and all the other earth-raping solutions, quote unquote solutions that they've come up with. So, but I'm going to have some folks on to talk about this later. So I'll, I'll get off my soapbox now. Anyway, adequate protein is going to be a huge one here. Something most people don't know. Phase two detoxification of your liver. Now, you know, now you have a, a cool party topic of conversation for people. Another argument to eat more protein. So that's it. That is my long winded explanation of how I detox. I dry skin brush. I make sure my among trees of my bowels, kidney, lungs, and skin are working. I make sure I'm hydrated. I make sure that water's clean with a water filter. I make sure the air I'm breathing inside my house is clean with an air filter. Uh, I avoid, avoid, avoid. Remember that the best way to 
eliminate toxins from your body is to avoid them in the first place, right? I try to keep my toxic bucket low by using sauna and exercise. Your muscle mass is gonna help here tremendously, but I'm not gonna get into all the science behind that. But trust me, your muscle is an organ of detoxification as well. When you are metabolically revved up, you move things through you a whole lot faster. So strength training is critical. I'll provide the link for my strength training platform if you wanna join. It's 20 bucks a month, it's awesome. You get two workouts a week and it's just it's a no-brainer. It's These workouts are accessible to virtually anyone. I make sure there's modifications. You may not be able to do all the moves, but you certainly can stay the course with two workouts a week. Anybody can do two workouts a week. If you can get up and down off the floor, you can participate in this. So I'll make sure that's in there for you. And I make sure I get adequate protein and I make sure I am saunaing regularly. So that's it. I hope this helps. I specifically want to say if you're anywhere near the Ohio area, I'm so sorry. This is bad, you guys. This is really bad and I'm I'm pretty horrified with what's happened. I uh, I don't think this was handled well. I don't have all the information as do any of us, but from what seems to be coming out this past week of how this was handled by the EPA and the the powers that be, it was a real cluster. So, I wish everybody the best and we will be back next week. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Tina show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Do you suffer from IBS or other digestive issues? Are you looking for a new podcast to listen to? From the producer of The Dr. Tina Show comes the all-new health and nutrition podcast, Digest This, hosted by Bethany Ugarty. You may know Bethany as the face of the popular Instagram page, Lil Sipper, or you may have even read her book. Now you can find her wherever you get your podcasts. On Digest This, Bethany examines topics such as gut health, nutrition, the food industry, and highlights specific ingredients that can be beneficial or harmful to your gut health. She also explores non-toxic options in beauty, home, and cooking essentials. If it has to do with your health, Digest This is talking about it. Each episode features an interview with health experts, doctors, and wellness advocates and delivers you information that is, well, easy to digest. Bethany also delivers a weekly segment every episode called Bite of Knowledge, where she highlights an ingredient commonly used in food, skin care, household cleaning, you name it, and gives you the lowdown on the benefits or dangers that ingredient might have in your everyday life. From Botox, potassium, olive oil, and magnesium, all the way to those ingredients you can barely pronounce on the back of your cereal boxes, Bethany has you covered. There's a reason why it debuted at number two on Apple Podcast Nutrition Charts. Check out Digest This on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resonant Media.